Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here. How many ready for school? That's what I thought. (laughs) Hey, we're going to pray. We're going to pray at the end for all our educators and all of our students going back to schools. Maybe some of you have You've already gone back, but most of, most of you this week or next, uh, we're going to pray over you guys. Uh, but uh, last week, Eric, Sebastian, our McKinney campus pastor, and our grow pastor, lead grow pastor, or groups pastor here at Hope, uh, started a series, uh, Messy Spirituality. He did a great job. He always does. He filled in for me. I had a dental thing going on, and so grateful, man. I love you, Eric. Great job. But what he talked about last week, let me just put it on the screen, is... Uh, Community and unity, the, the, the idea or the importance of, and especially in light of the last two and a half years in our country, specifically, and in the church, politically, racially, medically, all those things, that the writer of the Gospel of John would, would include in his Gospel the prayer of Jesus before he would go to the cross and what would that prayer include? It would include that we, that the, his followers, the church, would be one. That we would put aside theological differences, although those are important, and although you, we can agree to disagree on some things, but we would make love the primary goal, and that unity, that we would, of all the people on the planet, Christ followers would walk in love and walk in unity, and not walk in fear, but walk in peace, and show the world that because of our love for one another, our unity, we are his disciples, right? So that, that, that's a, it was a great place to start, Eric. Thank you for that. Today, I want to talk about take a step in your spiritual walk. Excited uh, about all the things that we do here at Hope. Every August, uh, we do a series like this called whatever we call it about growth, about spiritual growth. We're getting ready to start our next semester of classes and discipleship and home groups and uh, Bible studies and, and so forth. And and I thought that but I've never done this, or if I have, it's been years and years since I've done this. But Many of us are unaware of, of what it is that we actually offer. I get teased a lot uh, from my friends that hey, you only work a day and a half a week, Saturday and Sunday, and that's it. Uh, that's entirely not true, but there, is a ton, there are a ton of things that go on here at Hope. And, and just in our grow or our groups department, let me just show you on the screen what all goes on. Now, we've added some care and support groups that you may not know about. Let me list some of those on the screen. Blended together, that is um, when you blend marriages from, from divorce, you get married and you have kids on both sides of the family, you blend those together. How many know that's, that's challenging and it, you have to navigate those waters? We got a class, my good friends teach this class. Blended together on Thursday nights. Divorce care, Sunday morning. Financial Peace University, that's budgeting and getting your finances in order on Sunday mornings. Foster and adopt support group on Thursday nights. Grief recovery on Sunday morning. Hope stories, which is infertility and miscarriage support group on Thursday nights. Perfectly imperfect parenting on Thursday nights. Um, The Prosper and McKinney prayer groups 
on Sunday morning, and then Grief Share is an offsite on Sundays. All of this is on our website, and I'll give you a little QR code. Some of you don't know what that is, you'll find out. But care and support groups, just, and, and most of these happen through our Frisco East campus uh, during the week. So McKinney or Prosper or West or wherever you are, online even, um, these, these happen here. But these are just care and support. And you may be walking through a challenge, walking through, you didn't, you didn't know we offered this. You didn't know that this was going on. So, so this is part of it. Now let me give you Frisco East. Just Frisco East, what's going on here in regards to Bible studies and classes. Men's Bible study, Tuesday evening and Thursday mornings. Women's Bible study, Tuesday evening and Thursday morning. Enneagram and the gospel. How does your personality and, and how does God want to use that for his glory? Hope Singles. College Collective, which is 18 to 25, Young Professionals, uh, which is 25 to 30, 35, whatever, uh, men, Young Professionals groups, women, uh, Oneness Embraced, our unity group. That's all that happens uh, this semester as far as Bible studies and classes at the Frisco East campus. Let's go to Frisco West. We got men's Bible studies on Tuesday mornings and Friday morning, uh, Tuesday evening, sorry, and Friday mornings. We got women's Bible studies on Tuesday evening and Wednesday mornings. Let's go to uh, McKinney, and, and they have men's Bible studies on Tuesday evenings and Friday mornings, and women's Bible studies on Tuesday evenings and Wednesday mornings. Let's go to Prosper, men's Bible study on Wednesday mornings and Thursday mornings, women's Bible studies Thursday mornings, Wednesday evenings and Thursday mornings. Uh, a lot of this happens, uh, in fact, all of it happens off-site because we don't have our building built yet. Uh, I think they meet, the guys meet at Cotton Gin, downtown Prosper, and the women's Bible studies meet in a variety of places. All of this is online. Our online campus, virtual groups. We have men's Bible study every Friday morning. We have a budgeting workshop. We have women's Bible studies on Sunday evening, uh, Tuesday evening, and Wednesday morning. So if you travel during the week and you're out uh, of town and you're like, man, I wish I could do something, well, you can. We have it all there. Let me give you a way in which you can look at all of these. It's this little thing right here that we're gonna put on the screen is called a QR code. How many know what this is, right? Okay, if you're my age or above, you probably don't. But if you can point your camera on your phone to this right here, just right now, you could do this right now um, from as far away as you are, zero in on this, and it will show you the list of available groups that we have, which is not including, let me go back and, and tell you, we have 44 open home groups and interest groups. Interest groups could be cycling, it could be jogging, it could be knitting. I don't know why we have that, but I mean, whatever. Nine young adult groups, nine young adult groups, so 18 to 25, we have nine of those groups, six completely virtual groups, eight kids groups, and 10 student ministry groups. My point here is that there are a ton of things, and a lot of times you didn't know it. And I thought, man, I'm just gonna list them all, and I know some of you checked out during that time, and you looked at scores or you know whatever on your phone. We have video cameras that look at that, and I get to watch that during the week to see who's texting and no, I'm kidding. Um, we don't have video cameras. But the, the, the heart of this is many of us, listen, and hear my heart, we've been serving the Lord a long time. You were raised in church. You went to Sunday school. You went to youth camp. You went, to, uh, you went on retreats. You did a lot of things, spiritually speaking, and you're 20, 30, 40 years old in the faith, but maybe you're not growing Maybe, you're, maybe you've just stalled out 
and you're, you're not really connected anywhere here at Hope. You're, you're just, uh, you're a believer, no question. You're going to heaven. None of this you have to do to go to heaven, obviously. But maybe your challenge today is you need to take a step. You need to take a step. Our mission here at Hope is this, inviting everyone to find Jesus and helping them move to the center of God's purpose for their life. So the first part of this is inviting everyone. That's the great commission, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples, inviting everyone to find Jesus, and then helping them move to the center of God's purpose for their lives. That's making disciples. That's groups. That's grow. That is uh, spiritual formation. That is healthy, and it's messy. All of this is messy, I promise you, you get into a group, somebody's gonna be weird. There's gonna be a weirdo in the group. And you're gonna be like, I knew it. God, I can't do it. Just, just know that there's weirdos among us, okay? You, if you don't know that, you're the one. But <laughs> inviting everyone to find Jesus and helping them move to the center of God's purpose for their lives. Now, let me ask you a question. Why do many people stop at finding Jesus. Many, we celebrate baptism, we celebrated baptisms all weekend. Um, many stop right there. Many put, a, put their faith in what Jesus did on the cross and, and, and that is the way in which we go to heaven. We don't go to heaven because we go to Bible studies. We didn't go to heaven because you memorize scripture. Okay, so I know that, that that's not what I'm saying. But many of us have put our faith in Jesus Christ for the, for the remission of our sins, reconcili reconciliation to the Father. We have been forgiven, but we stop there. Many of us have been raised in church, and we have a real heritage of church. We can name pastors and youth pastors and, and people in our lives that have really made an impact in our lives, but right now, in the season that we're in right now, not so much, there's not a lot of growth. So my challenge for us today is, is I want us to take a step. How do you not stop at just being a Christian? How do you not stop at just, oh, I'm going to heaven. How do we intentionally grow in our faith? Jesus, uh, he told a parable, a story in Matthew chapter 13 that I wanna visit because I think it really helps us understand some of where we are in our spiritual lives. Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower and the seed. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some fields fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun and, and since they, they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seed or other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Well, his disciples didn't understand, so they had to come to him later and they said, hey, uh, we don't understand that story. Could you tell us the explanation? Here's what Jesus said. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. 
then the evil one comes and just snatches away that seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. That's the second kind of seed. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is, is kind of crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear the message, understand God's word, and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So let me ask you a question. Which heart do you have right now? Not which heart did you have when you were in high school or when you were in college or 10 years ago or whatever. What, which heart do you have right now? The heart of the one where the enemy stole what was given, the heart that was overwhelmed with the challenges of life and quickly faded away, the heart that was distracted, lure of wealth, worry, which heart do you have really? That's a good question. It's, and again, this is not a, a message to make you feel guilty, you know, get you in a spiritual headlock and say, you, you're no good. You, you, you walk away depressed. You walk away from the church and you're like, man, I, you know, I'm no good. I'm, I'm. No, this is, a, this is a message to help, hopefully, it's just kind of one of those nudges of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, I want to speak to you, every one of you. Which, which heart do you have? Let me, let me list them like this, and let me ask the questions like this. Has the enemy stolen what God has put in your heart? Maybe many of us, this would describe us. We once believed with vigor and, and with commitment, but yet we went to college and professors taught us different things and challenged our faith, and, and what, what God planted in our hearts is now, it's now been stolen from the enemy, and, and we don't even know what we believe. The next that he describes is, have the problems or challenges of life robbed you of what God has put in your heart? And this is, now, now we're getting to where a lot of us might be. And, and by the way, I'm not sure that none of these are Christians. In fact, the third one we're gonna talk about, he, he just says, he doesn't say they fell away. He just says they don't produce fruit. So maybe you're a believer. How many know that you can be a believer and still be distracted? Maybe your heart is in a place where the problems or the challenges of life have robbed you. In other words, so all you see right now, and I'm not making light of our situations, but all you see right now is what's in front of you the big mountain of challenge in front of you. Maybe it's a marriage thing, maybe it's a financial thing, maybe it is a hurt thing, maybe it is a kid thing, your kids are crazy, maybe it is a parent thing where your parents are crazy. There are a variety of things that could stand in the way and be there, problems, and the only thing that we see, the, the, the thing that dominates our thoughts when we wake up, the thing that dominates our thoughts when we go to bed, 
are, is what is missing. What is happening in our lives right now? That heart would be a heart that has problems or challenges and you've been robbed. Or maybe it's described, have the worries of life or the lure of wealth stopped you from producing fruit? So again, these are not like uh, make you feel guilty. These are like, I'm asking questions of me, of all of us. Where would we put our hearts? And obviously the the last one would be one that's productive and maybe you're here today and you're, I mean, nobody's perfect, but you're productive. You're moving in the right direction. Good. But I think a lot of us would fall into one of these categories because we've allowed the lure of wealth, we've allowed the worries or the challenges of life to either rob us or stop us from producing fruit, spiritually speaking. Now, I'm gonna make an assumption, and I think that most of us would say, if you're a believer in the room, most of us would say, John, I want to be the 30, 60, 100 folder. I really do. I want to be in that last category, fertile soil. My heart is right. I'm moving in the right direction. I I really want to make, I I want that to happen. I have that desire. Now, we just uh, went through um, in our country a $1.2 billion lottery or maybe it was 1.3. How many heard of it? Raise your hand. How many bought, no, I'm kidding. Now, many of us, we see this 1.2, 1.3 billion dollar, you know, and you're thinking, Lord, I think you could trust me <laughs> with that. I would tithe, I would help so many people, Lord, and I, I man, I, I, man, that would solve a lot of problems. How many know that money is not evil? You know that, right? It's the love of it that really gets in the way, but money's not evil, and so money can help a lot of things. There's no question about that. And so 1.3 billion of it, let's just say you get half of it because, you know, the, 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 I said the Lord, the government needs, uh, maybe <laughs> some little Lord, but the government needs its share, and so you get half of it. How many could live on half of that, right? Now, if you have that desire, and, and I'm, listen, don't, please don't send me an email about this. I understand I'm not promoting you buying things and, and wasting your money or gambling or whatever. Okay, I'm not promoting that. All I'm saying is that that $1.2 billion, you could desire it all day long, but if you don't buy a ticket, you ain't gonna win, right? Does that make sense? Now, I know that's a terrible example because you're thinking, John, why would you use that example? Because many of you, most of you bought a ticket, okay? <laughs> so don't you sit there and self-righteously lie and if you didn't, it's only because you forgot. <laughs> All right, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I, I don't know if you did or not. But it didn't matter. My point, what could be more important than $1.2 or $3 billion? Jesus. And just desiring a healthy, growing, 30, 60, 100-fold life doesn't mean you're going to get that you got to do something. And many of us stop at believing in Jesus. We've been in church all of our lives. I've been to church. I've been raised in church all my life, John. My, my grandpappy. He was this or that or whatever. And that's good. That's all good. 
I'm not asking about him. I'm asking about you and me. Right now, where are we at spiritually speaking? I think most of us would say, I want to be in that hundredfold soil, but you got to be intentional about that. You got to be intentional about being productive. So let me, what does that mean? Let me read three passages. I'm almost done. Let me read three passages of scripture and I'm going to list some key words out of all those three passages. Then I'm going to ask you some questions and we'll be done. Here we go. Acts 2, 42. All, this is the birth of the church, the beginning of what changed the world. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God, and listen to this, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. So I want you to remember this passage. John, go back to the, the very first of this passage just real quick. Where I'm, okay, so I want you to remember this. Devoted themselves, teaching, fellowship, meals, prayer. just want you to remember Acts 2, 42. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So I want you to remember this passage. Let, let's not neglect meeting together. Let us encourage one another as we see the, the culture and the world and, and the, the return of the Lord Jesus at hand. Let's, let's encourage one another. It's not the time to, to, to be sporadic in our attendance of, of, of being together, but let's, let's get together. Let's encourage one another. Remember this passage. In Ephesians 4, Paul says that he's given, Jesus has given gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, to, for the work of the ministry to teach and to help us get in such unity of the faith and love and the faith. And then he goes on to say it this way. Instead, we will speak the truth. We're not going to be, in other words, right before this, he says, hey, don't, don't be driven by every wind of new doctrine. Don't be weirded out by what new things are said but instead, we're going to speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, I could have read 50 passages very similar to the ones I just read. Now, let me pull out of these three some key words. Here they are. Devoted, encourager, work, healthy, growing, full of love. Now, I want you to look at these words. Do these words describe your spiritual life, your heart right now. 
Would you describe yourself? Somebody says, hey, tell me where you are spiritually. One to 10, what, what would you say? Would you say, man, I, I'm, I am, I'm devoted to following Jesus, to, to scripture. I am devoted to the body of Christ. I am devoted to serving and to giving and to praying. I am encouraging others. I am working so that others can, can uh, grow in their faith. I am healthy in my real, nobody's perfect in any of these, but I'm healthy. I'm growing in my faith. I'm learning new things. And, and I've been in this a long time, but I'm learning new things. And I am, oh, full of love. The last two and a half years have robbed us of many of these things. Because we've been so sidetracked. I'm gonna talk about this tonight at our team summits. If you're a volunteer, man, I hope, you'll, I hope you're here. I can't wait to, to share the meal and... and um, uh, encourage you in, in some way, but, but I think when we think of our lives spiritually speaking and we think of devoted, encouraging, work hard, not working for our salvation, that's not what, that's not the, that's not what I'm saying, working, um, um, using the gifts God has given us, that kind of work, healthy in our, in our relationships, healthy in our relationship with God, growing in our faith and our knowledge and full of love. Now, many of us are full of love if everybody agrees with you. Isn't that easy to be full of love if everybody agrees with you? But how, many about, how, about, how about those who don't agree with you? And we've lived in the last two and a half years in the church, and I, and I, I'm, I, I uh, how, how would I say this? I, I'm, let me just say it. I'm disappointed in, in a lot of the way the church, I'm not just talking about hope, I'm just talking about the big C church, I'm disappointed in the way that some of us have reacted over the last two and a half years because we have put politics over our faith. We have put other things over our faith and when we really think about growing and healthy and encouraging and devoted and full of love, would we describe ourselves this way right now? And I hope so. I hope so. I hope a lot of you do. But I just wonder if many of us have been lured away by wealth, worry, anger, distracted, sidetracked, hijacked, As long as I'm your pastor, I am gonna fight with everything in my being that we as a church would not be hijacked by anything other than what our mission is. That we would invite people to love Jesus, find Jesus, and help them move to the center of God's will. I'm gonna talk more about that tonight, but, but would you... Would any of these words describe you right now, spiritually speaking? Okay, that's the first message. Okay, so that one, was, it's, that's, that one is for you. Take a step, spiritually speaking. We have so many things to, and, and if you can't, it's not legalistic. If you can't right now, you're in a season of life, maybe you're in a season of life where you travel a lot and, 
and you just don't have, uh, you're not here all the time, and, and maybe you can go online and do some things. We have Right Now Media, by the way, and, and I, you can go online, and I'll, I'll send that in my e-news this week. Right Now Media is a tool that we pay for, free for you, that thousands of Bible studies that you can go on your own. You're, you travel during the week, you can go on your own, and, and you can do these, you can view them for free. So many of them, it's great. Take a step. Now, one more message. Okay, this is the second part of this message. But I think it's an important one. And we'll end with this. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Jesus repeated this as the greatest thing that we could do. He adds, love your neighbor as yourself, but in this, he's, he's, he's uh, repeating this hero Israel. This was a declaration for Israel in Deuteronomy. Um, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. Now, here's where I want us to really hone in. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands, wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Let me put it on the screen like this. If we don't disciple or won't disciple our kids, this world will. And you know here at Hope, a big part of our heart is the next generation. And I promise you this, somebody is going to disciple your kids. And I know many of us, uh, my kids are older, out of the house, sort of. But a lot of us here still at Hope, we have kids in the home. They're elementary, middle school, high school, whatever, college. Guys, um, and again, this is not to make us feel guilty as parents or, or anything, but, 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 I, but I do want to say some things that I think are important. And I hope that you'll love me and I hope that you know that I love you. But many of us are way more concerned that our kids are athletic than they are Christ-like. Many of us are way more concerned that they get into the right college and they make the right grades and they do those. No, 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 I know teachers, you're, I, I am all for them making good grades, okay? I want them to make good grades, be good academically. But what would be more important for me is that they love Jesus. And, and, I, and I feel like we as, as some not all, some of us as parents, we have, we have been lured away from talking about it when we get up, talking about it when we go to bed, talking about it when we have lunch, talking about it when we're on a trip. We don't wanna push it down our kids' throats. Totally get that, you gotta be wise, don't be a weird parent. But at the same time, we have a responsibility and a stewardship that God has given us our kids. And, 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 and at every opportunity that we have, I feel like that many of us are allowing media, movies, 
school friends to disciple our kids rather than you. And I want to challenge you, and, and, and not in a guilt way again, I just want to challenge you like a Holy Spirit conviction that, guys, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where they go to school. At the end of the day, your kid is not going to the NFL. <laughs> For the most part. I know those exceptions, and I love those exceptions. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I understand that's an important part of our life. I totally get it. But as we do those things, so, so don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying don't do those things. We all got to move to Montana, live on a ranch, and huddle up. Get away from the world. That is not the answer. Not the answer. We are in the world. God has put us in the world. Now, we're not of it, but we're in it. And we're to be salt and light. If we all move to Montana and do a ranch thing, it doesn't solve anything. We are in the middle. We are where God wants us to be. But it is a dangerous world out there. And for us to just let the world disciple our kids is bad stewardship. So let me encourage you guys. There's nothing that you have in this world more important than your kids. Nothing. At least in my, in my life. Nothing more important. You know, of course your marriage, but I'm talking about as far as any kind of thing that I could invest my time and my life in, nothing is more important than my kids. My, now my grandkids. Nothing more important. So, so to take a step today, if you're a parent that is kind of eased off and, and you're just worried about shoving it down their throat, well, be wise about that. Don't, don't do that. Don't provoke them to anger, as Paul uses that language in Ephesians about fathers, you know, disciplining kids and, and, and spiritually speaking. We don't want to make them angry. But at the same time, Navigate that with health and with intentionality. Does that make sense? So with that in mind, I want all the students, if you're in elementary, high school, college, if you're a student in the room across all of our campus, I want you to stand, would you? Just real quick, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I promise, but I want you to stand. If you're a student, all these kids, look at you guys. Good looking crew. Love you. Awesome. Stay standing. Stay standing. Now, if you are an educator in any way, educator, you work for the school district, you are a teacher, you're a coach, whatever, would you stand? All the educators in the room, we love you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so um, the superintendent of schools in Frisco goes to our church, and man, he has, we, we've shared a lunch and some emails. Um, Man, teachers, educators, no, st stay standing, stay standing. Stay, sorry, sorry. Listen, I know that parents can be crazy. Crazy. Thank you for sticking it out. Thank you to our superintendents all across our area. Thank you to the coaches. Thank you to the teachers who day in, day out, you give of your life because God's called you to do that and we're so grateful for you.
And if you don't ever hear that from other places and all you hear is the negative, just know that we love you. We're praying for you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. One more hand for all of our teachers. Thank you. Thank you. So let me, let me pray. Lord, we, we love you and we're grateful for every student that's represented here at all of our campuses, online, wherever they may be. God, I pray for them and their faith as they encounter a culture that is hostile to Jesus. I pray for their commitment level. I pray for their peace level. I pray that their priorities would be you. God, I pray for a good academic year. I, get, I pray for a good athletic year. I pray for a good theater year. I pray for a good band year. I pray for all those extra things are great. Love them. Pray for all those things. But above all, I pray that they would grow in you and that they would serve you with all their hearts and love you more than any other year. And God, I pray for every educator in the room. I pray that they would feel encouraged I pray that in the midst of emails and criticism and all kinds of, of, of things that they have to endure, maybe through kids or maybe through parents or maybe through other teachers or even authority figures. God, I pray encouragement, perseverance, and I pray that in appropriate ways they would be able to let their light shine. We trust you with this year, in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.